Yo, monkeys, it's me, DPP, the king of Adabinga, the master of the diamond cutter, the three-time, three-time, three-time world champion. And you, well, you, monkey, you're listening on the SNS network. Stay tuned or you will feel Big Daddy Cool Diesel slash Kevin Nash. You're listening on the FNS Radio Network. Hey, this is Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle from TNA. And you're listening on the FNS Radio Network. Oh, it's real. It's damn real. This is our break kid, Sean Michael, Mr. Hall of Fame 2011. And you are listening on SNS Radio Network. See ya. And I wouldn't want to be here. Hey, you listen on the SNS Network, and that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so. The world is listening. This is Rob Van Dam. What's going on? This is Kazarian. And this is the Fallen Angel, Christopher Daniels. This is Cowboy James Storm. And if you don't like that, sorry about your damn luck. This is TNA World Heavyweight Champion Bobby Roode. Welcome to TNA Chat Live. Welcome to TNA Chat Live on the SNS Radio Network. Here's your host, the outlaw of the IWC. Don't piss me off. The Trey Dog. All right, everybody, welcome to another edition of TNA Chat Live. I know the phones are going to explode tonight after another great edition of TNA Impact. I'm ready to answer your phone calls and tell you my thoughts. But first, before we do anything, we have got to start the show with the X Division champion, the man with the best hair in the business. We are, of course, talking about Zima Ion. Champ, how are you tonight? I'm great. It's a real pleasure for you to have me on here. It is. It is. You're right. Um, congratulations uh, on the on the uh, X Division Championship. Thank you. I appreciate that. You had to go through hell and back to get that belt. That was yeah, uh, pretty much. 
that was a long night. And I remember after that show, and I, and I, and I want to say kudos to you because obviously you came out on top, but TNA has really been hitting home runs lately on their pay-per-views and their, their, their impacts as well. But their pay-per-views have really been grand slams lately. And to have a show, not necessarily for you because you've been around a little while with the company, but to have so many people that the TNA fan base may or may not have known carry half of that pay-per-view and make it such a great show. Congratulations to you and the rest of your fellow X division wrestlers. Thank you. I think it's a good time for up and coming wrestlers to get opportunities here in TNA. This is, this is the place for opportunity and TNA is definitely giving some people just that and destination X proved it. And I think we can look forward to more of the same in the future. Now, with that being said, we got some questions from listeners. I'll feed those to you throughout this. Um, do you think that you have a better opportunity as a wrestler in the company because you are an X division wrestler or do you think that, you know, maybe just being a wrestler on the roster in general is the same? But I, mean, I guess being an X Division guy, do you think that opens more doors for you? I think uh, my timing was pretty good. The X Division has uh, been pretty thin lately. And here I am. Obviously, I stand out both in my wrestling style and appearance. So I think it was just uh, the right time for me to get a shot and take the ball and run with it. And that's what I'm trying to do. I would like to see, because I'm an, I'm an old school TNA guy from episode one, the weekly pay-per-views. I haven't oh, yeah. missed anything. Um, and, I, and I was talking to Eric Young last week, and he said, well, I'm a little too beefy for the X Division now. And I thought, well, you know, it used to be all about, you know, no limits, not about weight limits, but they've kind of narrowed that down now. I would even go so far as I would like to see more TNA programming, period. But what do you think about maybe an hour of all X-Division programming on, on Spike? I think if that were the case, the fans would be the real winners because that would probably be the most exciting show on television. So yeah, who knows? I, I mean, the, the possibilities are endless, and something like that I think could definitely work. And like we've talked about, that would be the type of thing that would give people more opportunities. And, you know, TNA is all about that lately. So it's it's great. It could be good. Now, most of the interviews we get on here are guys that we've had probably multiple times in the past, this being your first time on the show, and I don't generally like to do this style of an interview. But with you, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you started, where you started, and how you got into this? Yeah, that's fine. I think a lot of people probably don't know much about my my humble beginnings, but I started wrestling at the age of 16 in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. There was a, a local independent company called the International Wrestling Cartel, they're still going today. Wow. And I went through their wrestling school. And shortly after that, I traveled to Mexico and started training in Lucha Libre. And uh, I kind of credit Lucha Libre for giving me an idea of what kind of style I wanted to do as far as, you know, being a wrestler. And it's a place that I have a lot of like uh, pride for. And it's like in my heart, I consider myself Mexican. I'm Filipino, but in my heart, I consider myself to be a Mexican luchador. So, <laughs> so yeah, uh, Mexico, I trained down there with Grant Apache, who's like one of the best trainers in the entire country. And uh, a couple other guys, super crazy, and his family, they have some schools down there, and I trained with them a lot. And uh, I trained in Arena Mexico once. And let me tell you, that was probably the toughest training of my life. Uh, in fact, let me tell you about Arena Mexico's 
pro wrestling training, if I may. Sure. I got there, and we had to run 10 laps around the entire top of the arena. This is an 18,000-seat arena. We started by running 10 laps around the entire arena. Then, after that was done, we had to run up and down all of the steps in the entire arena, 18,000-seat arena. So I could barely walk after these warm-ups, and then the actual practice started, and it consisted of us doing a lot of flips and rolls and drop kicks, and <laughs> I don't know how I got through that session, yeah. but uh, you know, it was it was definitely a test for me, and I, I'd actually like to go back and <laughs> train there again because, man, I would love that workout again. But it reminds I me like, of two days of football. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was kind of like that. Actually, kind of reminded me of boot camp. I would call it like Lucha Libre yeah. boot camp. That's kind of what it was like. They give everybody a mask and they gave you a can of hairspray. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> So now speaking of your, your time in Mexico, one of my questions are, uh, what are some of your, your fondest memories of being in Mexico with AAA? Well, I didn't spend too much time in AAA. I worked mostly the independent scene. Uh, I got really lucky with my AAA opportunity. Basically, they were supposed to debut a wrestler from Japan known as Sugi-san, and he missed his flight, and I just happened to be there. So that's how I ended up in my AAA <laughs> debut in like the semi-main event with all of, like these guys like Laparca and Electroshock. And uh, yeah, like, that was a big opportunity for me. It kind of like gave me a little bit of momentum as far as getting my name out there in Mexico. And I think each time I went there, you know, like I started to learn a little bit more about how the business is run in that country. And uh, you know, now it's like I can go down there anytime. And like, I know I can pick up like a bunch of independent dates anyway, but uh yeah, I mean it's it's great, man. I I really do enjoy it down there, and uh, I, I miss it. I, I miss it down there. Now, um, how old are you now? You say you started when you were sixteen, so you've been going at this for how long? Uh, well, I'm twenty five, so uh, okay. sixteen. Had my first match at seventeen, so eight years almost. It's crazy. Eight years. It's crazy that time flies by like that. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Eight years. I mean, we've been doing well. This is a new show, but the 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 the, the show I also host is sixteen years old. So oh wow, it would be dry, I think, right now. So, Congratulations on that. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, the reason I ask is because, you know, you were relatively new to TNA. Um, you've been in the business eight years now. What did you, what were your feelings and what what went through your head when they came to you and said, all right, now we've got this X Division title thing we want to do with you? Oh, you mean like as far as like me winning the title? Yeah. Uh, well, it was a surprise to me. Uh, my contract was coming up around the time of Destination X, and I was wondering, I was like, am I going to... Oh, you know, wow. Am I going to be, like, signed for another year? I was hoping, you know, I, I love it here. Like, I was hoping, but I wasn't sure, you know, just because I hadn't heard a word about it. It was like, well, uh, it's up in about two weeks. I haven't heard a word about it. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and then luckily things worked out, and that made me really happy. And it's like, it was a total surprise to me that, you know, things have worked out the way they have, and Destination X was definitely one of the proudest moments of my career and uh one that i'll never forget yeah again it was a great pay-per-view and you've done a lot of great things match-wise since you've been there and i'll give you i'll give you props that i've given to very few guys um kurt angle was one of them back in his early days that my my co-host just could not stand kurt angle and i kept trying to convince him and it's just the he's it's just the character he plays that you don't like i know but you're one of the few guys in this business, they're so good at what you do 
you really do make people not like you. Yeah, and I think, you know, that's good. Like, I the worst thing to me would be for people to be indifferent towards me. If right. they really like me or they really hate me, at least they feel a strong enough opinion one way or the other. It's like, I would rather have it that way than people just not care at all. So... Well, you, you're, you're up there. I mean, I, like I said, I haven't said that. That's, 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 that's praise on my part because I haven't said that to many guys in the business and, and, you know, you, you do a good job of getting under people's skin and making them really want to, want to boo you. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. You should check my Twitter mentions sometime. I have people wishing death upon me on a daily <laughs> basis. Wow. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, you're going to be coming to Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yep, August 5th, Tulsa Convention Center. My first time in the state of Oklahoma. I will be there. I will try to somehow get in touch with you and say hello in person. All right, sounds good. Um, you're going to do a three-date run through my state of Oklahoma, and just let me warn you, for whatever reason, and I was talking about this with some friends yesterday, Mother Nature has picked Oklahoma to just hate on. Yeah, what's because, going on out there? I don't know much about that. I don't have cable, so. <laughs> well, it's 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 not Florida. It's not California. It's not Phoenix, the states that you would think, man, I would hate to live there in the summertime. But why they have why Oklahoma right now is the hottest state in the United States, but we've been in triple-digit temperatures for like 14 or 15 days in a row. Wow. Wow. You know, it's insane. Like this morning, it was, it was uh, 90 degrees by 830. That's insane. Well, hopefully I can use that uh, temperature to catch a tan while I'm out there. Now, what does that kind of temperature do to your hair? Oh, the worst. It's the worst kind of temperature for my hair because I naturally have curly hair. So when it's that hot out, I start sweating, and then my hair starts curling, and it just ends <laughs> up being a big mess. More hairspray. Yeah, more. there ain't enough hairspray to combat that. Now, what's your favorite brand of hairspray? <laughs> I'm a big fan of Paul Mitchell. It's Paul a, Mitchell. Yeah, Paul Mitchell. It's it's kind of expensive hairspray that you get at salons. It's uh, right. I know it, it's it's nice. Like it's just I have really thick hair, so I need some pretty strong hairspray to hold it, and that always does the trick for me. At least it's not that kangaroo crap that smells so bad. <laughs> See, I don't I don't even know about that. That's that's oh how low goodness. end that must be. I don't even know about it. It's purple. It's kangaroo, and it smells. That's all. Well, I I'll stay away from it. I don't have hair, so I don't have to worry about hairspray. I've been out of the hairspray game for a long time. Um, must be nice. <laughs> so I, I, I cut my own hair. I, you know, it's because it's so short. I just buzz it, and I'm done. So that it, it makes me jealous of guys like you because you got so much hair, you could spare a little. Trust me. Don't don't be jealous of that. I mean, <laughs> there's there's nothing fun about having to spend an hour before you get ready doing your hair. Like there, there's nothing fun about that. So now you know, um, the blessing and a curse. Some of the listeners have asked, and I'm just curious with you, um, the, the, the incident with Jesse Sorensen was such an, an accident. Um, you know, have you spoken with him much since then? Or how's that? How, how does the communication go between you guys? Uh, a little bit, not as much as it probably should be, but uh, we have a little bit and uh, you know, I'm sure we'll cross paths again here soon, so I guess we'll just see what the future holds. Well, apparently at Destination X, you're going to have a date next year. <laughs> well, we'll see about that, because I might be going for the world title by then. That's true. You you may, if you hold the belt that long, I would love to see you cash it in. Yeah, that's the plan. That's the plan. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to hold on to it as long as possible, because I would love that opportunity. I mean, as if motivation to keep a title isn't enough. Yeah, exactly. 
You know, I mean, just being here, just being here to me, it's like fighting for your job every night. You know, sure. So, who are some of the guys in TNA's X division right now that you would uh, like to go one on one with for the title? Uh, Within the X division, yeah, I I would love the competition from anybody. I think me and Sanjay Dutt would definitely have a pretty exciting matchup. So once his shoulder heals, if he wants a shot, then he's definitely on my list. And I mean, of course, there's the guys like. Christopher Daniels, AJ Styles, Kazarian. I'd love to, you know, get in the ring with any of them and see if I can hang, which I know I can. So well, I'll wait for those opportunities. Well, what legacy do you hope to leave on the X Division with as big a deal as it's become because of guys like Styles, Daniels, Kazarian? What would you like to leave when your X Division time is done? Well, I'd like to. Well, I've I've already left a legacy in that I am by far the prettiest X Division champion that's ever lived. But <laughs> besides that, you know, I, I think I'd like to. I'd like to be the first guy that transcended wrestling as X Division champion. Like I want to explore other like media opportunities and you know take my name and take TNA and you know, see how far we can take it, expand it into other like mainstream media. So who knows? Who knows? Like right now, I'm uh, I'm currently like learning to be a DJ. So that's like an aspiration of mine. I would like to be Zima Ion exhibition champion and world-class DJ. And, uh, you know, in a few months, I think I'll be ready to <laughs> take that a little further. So we'll see. Well, good. Well, congratulations again, man, on the, on the exhibition championship victory and the great work you've been doing. And, you know, from a guy, like I said, it's a, a long time TNA fan. Those of us that have been around since episode one, that X division is the straw that stirs the drink and you're in charge. So good luck and congratulations. I'm proud to carry the torch. Well, thank you for having me. We'll catch up with you on Sunday here in Tulsa, Oklahoma at the Tulsa convention center. All right. We'll see you August 5th. All right, buddy. All right. Bye. And there you have it. Zeba Ion, your X division champion right there. Going to be in my backyard on Sunday. Um, good guy. Uh, definitely. Uh, good on the microphone. I think that he will uh, be around for a while there in the TNA X division, and I wish him the best. So with that being said, before we go to commercial, a little treat for the Bronx father from one Zima Ion. We'll be right back with more TNA chat live right here on the SNS radio network. Tony Mirabella, this is your favorite wrestler in the entire world, Zima Ion. And I know that you're the type of guy who's probably fed dead batteries and paint chips as a baby. (laughs) So I don't think you're too intelligent, and I don't really respect or care about your opinion of me. So I just wanted to say hello, and that I'll be listening. (laughs) We'll be back with more TNA Chat Live. With the Trey Dog on the SNS Radio Network. WrestlingOnline.com, the official news source of Wrestling News Live. If you're looking for the latest news in the world of MMA and professional wrestling, log on to www.wrestling-online.com. 
and sign up for the largest and longest-running newsletter on the Internet today with over 26,000 subscribers and over 3,000 issues. And the best part, just like WNL, it's free! Once again, that's www.wrestlingonline.com. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to show you how being a Wrestling News Live family member and diehard listener can change your everyday look on life. Example, here's the brand new commercial from Subway. Hi, Samantha. Hi, Todd. Do you want to be my boyfriend? <laughs> sure. Great. Give me a melt. My melt? Yeah. I'm your girlfriend now. Uh, I don't think this is working out. Now let's replay that commercial and show you what Todd would have said to her had he been a member of the Wrestling News Live family. Hi, Samantha. Hi, Todd. Do you want to be my boyfriend? <laughs> sure. Great. Give me a melt. My melt? Yeah. I'm your girlfriend now. Shit, bitch. Who the hell you think you are? Give me my sandwich back. Bitch, please. Better be willing to give me some of that pussy before you get some of my sandwich. Shit. Ladies and gentlemen, this is just another example of how becoming a member of the Wrestling News Live family helps you live a better life. Call now to talk TNA Live. The number to call, 501-588-7957. That's 501-588-7957. TNA Chat Live. Standing ovation here. Let's go to our ring announcer. The following podcast is scheduled to take you back in time. Host, ring announcer Sean Beckerman brings you pro wrestling nostalgia featuring classic moments and old school themes. So buckle up and go beyond the bell each and every week on the SNS Radio Network. It's go time. What's up, guys and gals? Sensational sequel, Sensational Sean, right here with you. You can catch myself and Ashley, yes, that is his name, on the open book. Every Friday night at 11 p.m. Eastern Time, you'll catch us doing video games, the open book, fantasy, EFET, and movie and entertainment news. So check us out every Friday at 11 p.m. Eastern Time at snsradionetwork.com. Come check us out. This is TNA Chat Live on the SNS Radio Network. Cowboy. Getting out. Welcome back to TNA Chat Live with the Trey Dog on the SNS Radio Network. Well, I'm packing up my game and I'm going to head out west where real women come equipped with scripts and fake press. All right, everybody. Welcome back to TNA Chat Live. I am the outlaw of the IWC, the trade dog, holding down the fort here on the SNS Radio Network. I want to thank my guest, X Division Champion Zima Ion. And those of you in the Oklahoma area, do feel free to stop by and say hello at the Tulsa Show. I will be there. Uh, I actually am going to hand out some business cards promoting the network and Wrestling News Live and uh, try to draw some listenership locally here. And uh, I will be at the show. I don't know where my seats are yet. I won't know till I get there, but. Uh, as soon as I found out I was going, I sent a message to James Storm. Some of you saw that on my Twitter today. 
Tell him the after party is happening. And he says he is down. He's not scared. So we'll find out come this Sunday when TNA invades Tulsa, Oklahoma. Looking forward to it. I haven't been to a show in a while. So getting to go see some of the guys again and gals will be a good time. Touching base and uh, seeing how everybody's doing. And uh, I love the little liner that we cut from Bronxy. That was the first thing we did, actually. I told him about Bronxy not liking his character, and he was more than willing to cut a promo, and I thought that was pretty cool of him, so we did that for you there, Bronxy. Anyway, uh, thanks for joining us. Got a lot of listeners, got a lot of people in the chat room, and it was a very interesting edition of TNA Chat Live, a very Aces and Eights light TNA Chat Live, although they did deliver a very chilling message to one Brooke Hogan, who I thought played that part great tonight. Um, you know, she said, I'm not sure if they're coming to take over TNA or they're just trying to take over my family, what their goal is, what their reasonings are. And she got a message. And what made it really cool for those of us, I know Acer was there with me. Uh, we were in the TNA chat room on uh, impact.com. And uh, basically, it was reported seconds before it happened that the aces and eights had just posted on Twitter. They were going to have a message delivered. And within seconds, Brooke got the message kind of gave me chills. It was kind of cool how they pulled that off with the Twitter and the live show. So, uh, everybody was expecting them to be in the main event tonight. Everybody's still accusing James storm of having something to do with them. I still don't think he does. Uh, I think creatively it would be a bad move for him, but I want to know what you think. So give us a call. The phone lines are open. Call now to talk TNA live. The number to call 501-588-7957. That's 501-588-7957. TNA chat live. Give us a call. Let us know what you thought about tonight's impact. What do you thought about uh druggy whore time that we had with the baby shower? Um, we had an interesting four-way for the knockouts number one contender. Miss Tessabonger doing a great job on commentary tonight. She really did a great job. Um, you could have been Ray Charles and seen where this match was going to go. And it was basically Earl Hebner, who somebody in the TNA chat room said needed glasses. I said he may need condoms. Looks like he may be getting busy. With or without the Burger King bathroom. Who knows? Let's go to the phones. Welcome to TNA Chat Live. Who's this? Yo, what's going on, Trace? Latino 718. What's up, my brother? Hey, man, not much, man. Hey, uh, first off, I uh, got to say, it was a good interview you did with uh, Zima Ion. Thank you. Uh, really good interview. Uh, what he said about it, uh, he considered himself a Mexican. And, hey, man, I'm all down for that. He was proud of it. He was. Yeah. He was very proud of his heritage and, and claiming to be Mexican. And, and I wanted to get more into his time in Mexico because he did some other things. But uh, when you go through the company or when the company, here's the deal. When the company contacts you or you contact the company and you set up an interview, it's usually going to be one of those 20-minute jobs. When I contact somebody personally and bring them on or if Crelly gets somebody to come on and it's of their own free will, then they're calling in on their own cell phone and, 
you know, they're going to give you as much time as they're willing to give you. Some guys, obviously, like Kevin Nash, will do sometimes up to two hours. <laughs> you never know. But, you know, when it's through the company like that, you can expect it to be just a few minutes. And, you know, I didn't want to spend the whole time on the past. So I was able to get out of him what I could. Right. I actually seen some of his work in Mexico. Uh, he did a few shows with AAA. Uh, he d- did a few independent shows. Uh, I think he did a couple of dev matches in Mexico, which, uh, you know, he kind of toughed it out, went through it. Yeah, and he seems like a really great guy. So despite his very heelish persona, I wish him the best. Yeah. It was uh, <laughs> it was pretty funny. But, uh, the, last, uh, the last stuff he said about Bryce, I thought it was very funny. Yeah, I, that, that was a... Uh... Something I've been thinking about all day yesterday before we got him on the phone. I wanted to see if I could get him to pull that off, and he did, so I was thankful. <laughs> what else is okay. on your mind, man? I just want to talk about Impact. Uh, I thought it was a good show overall. Um, for me personally, I didn't mind that there were uh, no interactions with the Aces and Eight. Uh, to, to me, I thought it was uh, getting stale with the beatdowns every week. I thought uh, it was good that we needed a break for them for basically not having them on TV this week. Well, there are three ways you could go with the Aces and Eights. Uh, one would be revealing who they are. Two would be more beatdowns. Or three would be the babyfaces getting their hands on the Aces and Eights and beating them down for a little while. Uh, you didn't want to do that one. You don't want to reveal who they are yet. And you don't want to do any more beatdowns because, as everybody was saying, it was starting to get a little boring. So the best thing they could do is keep them off the show entirely tonight. And I think what TNA is trying to do is set this up to be a reveal at the pay-per-view if not hardcore justice bound for glory um i think they're implementing the seeds now as i think that uh this west briscoe guy is involved somehow i just have a feeling um with that being said none of us know for sure so we'll all find out at the same time but you're right it was a good idea to leave them off tv tonight yeah, I kind of like how uh, several of the the wrestlers that, that were attacked by them, you know, they showed their support surrounding the ring just in case they were coming out. I thought that was kind of good. And a lot of people were sour on the end. Uh, some people were sour on the end. Some people were sour on the end and then changed their mind. Um, and I, the reason I said that is because you got to think a little bit sometimes with TNA. And what they were doing tonight, I thought the ending was great because it still left doubt. It was a cliffhanger that still left doubt. And by, you know, Robert Roode blaming James and quite publicly saying, you know, you didn't need them tonight. So what? Big deal. You win a whole match and there was a whole main event with no aces and eights. Well, if you're the leader, why would they have needed to come out? You were in control. You got the win. And he makes it right. He makes a great point. Yeah, no problem with that. Uh, I did enjoy the uh, the Claire Lynch segment with uh, Frankie and uh, Daniels. I I thought it was pretty hilarious. With uh, anybody with else, did anybody else think that Frankie was going to punt that baby? <laughs> I thought he was, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you know, sometimes well, you, well, let's just be honest here. These shows, WWE and TNA, take a little bit from each other. And I was like, okay, here's a chance for TNA to steal something that WWE did, but make it funny and not seem like a complete, hey, we're trying to copy what you do. And I thought if he would have just kicked that baby into about the fifth row, that would have been great. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, What are your thoughts on the opening match, the tag match? 
Oh, I mean, it was, you know, that's the way a wrestling show should start. And if you follow me on Twitter, I said that, you know, a wrestling show should start with a wrestling match, not 45 minutes of bullshit, one match, and then top of the hour. And that's what you got Monday night was a whole bunch of, you know, as, as Homer Simpson used to say, less chat, more splat. You know, you got yeah. a whole lot, of, you got a whole lot of chat and you didn't get a whole lot of wrestling. You got one match and it was a squash. You know, and then you had a bunch of commercials and recaps about what you might have missed if you didn't see Raw 1000. Well, you know, TNA doesn't have that opportunity. They don't have that luxury. They do have, yes, two hours of programming on Thursday, but that's all they've got is two hours of programming. So they've got to make sure that they get their point across with the two hours they've got. And, you know, you could have shuffled tonight's card around to make that the main event. But, man, with your two champions in the match to start the show, boom, right off the bat, no bullshit, this is who we are. I thought it was a great idea. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on the main event as the match itself? It felt a little rushed because of that stupid fucking time limit. I don't like that. I don't like the time limit on the Bound for Glory series matches. Right. And it felt like, um, you know... They knew they had so much time. Not only were they up against the time limit, but they were up against the top of the hour. And mm. that's the kind of match you want to see go 30, 40 minutes with those two kind of guys. And it was like, let's just hurry up and get to the end. Although, with that being said, with what they had to work with, I thought it was a great match. And that's one of those that you go into going, okay, who's going to win? I mean, I'm trying to predict who's going to win. You know, yeah. is it going to be Kurt Angle who needs the points is it going to be james storm who doesn't need the points but if he got it would be on top as the sole leader or do they do some kind of my my theory was they were going to do some kind of deal where everybody was at ringside waiting for aces and eights and they were going to be in the back loading brook into a truck taking off yeah and that would cause the ring to empty as everybody went to go help brook and take on the aces and eights which would result in a count out and a disqualification on both parts but that's not what happened. We got a clear finish, you know, a clean finish with James Storm and the last call super kick on Kurt Angle, which, you know, a lot of people didn't see coming. And, you know, it was interesting in that match as over as James has been since beer money broke up tonight. He was booed. He was booed by the TNA crowd because uh, Johnny customer and, you know, Mr you know, wrestling Mark and the crowd that doesn't go and read spoilers and listen to wrestling radio and just believes in what television tells them thinks that James storm might in fact have something to do with aces and eights. And until he's cleared of all that, he's going to get booed. Right. Uh, one last thing before I go, uh, what are your thoughts on uh, Chavo's debut tonight? Perfect. They couldn't have picked a better guy. I mean, they, they, they did a great job by starting him off with Kid Cash because they worked together in the WWE um, when Cash got over there. And, uh, you know, their, their styles mix well. Plus, you've got the muscle on the outside of Gunner for Cash and Hernandez for Guerrero. And uh, I'm going to tell you right now, uh, Chavo got a big pop tonight. He's very well yeah. received by the fans. And... You know, he looks about 
he's he's moving like he's about five to ten years younger than he really is. So let's see what happens. Let's let's you know, like I always say, the Titanic was the best boat in the world until it hit the iceberg. So before it hits the iceberg and sinks, let's give it a chance. Yeah, I, I thought both guys uh they looked really great in the ring tonight. Uh Kit Cash is uh, hasn't been used in a, in a while and uh to me I was I was glad to see him in the ring. It it shows that he could still go. And go very well. Yeah. Uh, this quick thing, I've, I just remembered. Uh, some people were talking about how they think they see Chavo as like world champion material. I mean, to me personally, I don't see that. I think he's just there to put over certain talent and just be as the, like the veteran, you know, on that roster. You know what I mean? Yeah, I would agree with that. I don't I, now. Now he may Shawn Michaels and you know get in the mix, but not really ever win it. Because you remember there for a while when Shawn was you know, doing his own thing outside of DX. He fought Cena for the belt at WrestleMania, you know, and he had world title shots, but he never won them. Come to find out he didn't want to be champion in real life because that's a, that's a load that, you know, takes on a lot of work when you're the champion. I think that Chavo, depending on his weight right now, might, might be an X division guy would be a great TV champion. And uh, just his name of Guerrero on that roster does nothing but help TNA. And uh, I think he's there to be an ambassador and help promote the company. Yes, I would completely agree with that. All right, Trey, uh, that's about it. Uh, Have a good night. I'll talk to you later. All right, buddy. Have a good night yourself. Thanks. All right. All right. That drops off one, gives us a chance to add another. Get your phone calls in now. Let me know what you thought of tonight's TNA. Did you like the fact there were no aces and eights? Did you want to see the aces and eights? You know, all up to you. Welcome to the show. Who's this? Hello. All right. Hello. Trey, what's up? What's happening, man? Sorry about that, man. I had a little technical glitch. I can't believe. You're a technical glitch. Yeah. (laughs) I cannot believe that shit happened. That was unbelievable. (laughs) I figured you'd like that. I marked that. And like I said, you know, I don't hate the person. I'm a smart enough guy to know that's his character and he's meant to piss me off. But the deal is, I don't think I've ever heard a wrestler whose real life persona is more different than his character. I mean, oh, yeah, blew me away. Blew me away. And it was it was the pre-interview conversation that only Brass Eye and I were alluded to. I mean, we were we we were sitting here on the air to, or on the the Skype line doing the interview this afternoon, and um, you know he was just really cool. You know, didn't mind talking about anything. Was you know very well spoken, and you know this kid's got a lot of potential. Uh, I mean, he's not somebody I was exactly fond of at the beginning. And it's not because I interviewed him that I'm going to jump on his bandwagon, but I am going to say his in-ring work has gotten a lot better, and his mic skills are very impressive. And they've yet to let him really get out there and talk a lot, but he's a good, he's a good, smart kid. Yeah, you know, and it's cool to get that feeling again. I mean, let's let's face it. Whenever a, a, a pro wrestler that you watch on TV, especially a guy I've talked shit on on some radio shows. When he mentions your name, I mean, that has to make you mark out. That was cool as hell. Uh, <laughs> what did he say? I ate paint chips as a baby. <laughs> he said you, you probably ate dead batteries and paint chips as a kid. <laughs> 
And, you know, that's something a heel would say. But, you know, I hope you relate to him that it's not, you know. Oh, any- yeah. I, I, he knows it's not personal. But uh, as far as TNA tonight, I love the ending because what it did was you had said it last week. This whole aces and eights thing is getting repetitive. They got to do something different. And they did tonight. And what they did was they showed that aces and eights is having a psychological victory over the TNA roster. They're turning on each other. Well, yeah, I mean, that's 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 uh, as big a part of a takeover as any. You know, I mean, look at the NWO when they came in and they were talking about there's going to be a third guy. Well, everybody was pointing fingers in the WCW locker room. Well, who's the third guy? You know, when they revealed it was going to be one of the WCW's own and everybody in the locker room was pointing at each other going, is it you, is it you, is it you, is it you? You know, they thought it was going to be the Macho Man. They thought it was going to be Sting. They thought it was going to be Luger. They thought it was going to be Hogan. They thought it was going to be, you know, Paige, whoever. You know, whoever they pointed the finger at at the time. You know, and when you start fighting from within, it makes it a whole lot easier to overtake the ship. I still just have a feeling, though. I don't know. There's something in the in the way Devon is presenting himself every week where he's like talking shit, but not so much doing shit like it's like guilt is when you keep mentioning, you know, something innocence, innocence. Exactly. And I don't know. I just have a very strange. Well, it wouldn't make any sense to put Garrett in there. Um, Really? Um Devon wouldn't make any sense either. What's he got to be so angry about? He's been given a fucking TV title and he's been, you know, catered to since the split up of the 3D. Well, I mean, in in fact, though, what's he got? What's he got to be pissed off at Hogan and Sting about? Well, now that you mention it, though, I got to say, I think Garrett would make more sense. Imagine an angle like this. Gal comes in and says, you know what? This fucking company broke, turned me against my father. My father and I never speak now anymore. Well, they're not going to do that because it was, he was, that was all him. He was the one that was doing that, not the company. True. True. I'm just, it's making us think. And that, that's a good thing because, you know, I'm right. But at the same time, don't overthink it. I mean, it's, you know, well, it's probably, it's probably going to be people that you had never seen in TNA. Led by Jeff Jarrett. That's my pick. Yeah, and I don't think they'll drag it out till Bound for Glory. I think you've got to do it. You've got two pay-per-views before Bound for Glory. I think you've got to have a reveal before then. I would agree wholeheartedly. All right, man. I'm going to let you go. And uh, right. thanks a lot for the you know getting the promo. And, and have a good time next week, man. Will do. It's going to be this Sunday. and Oh, you're talking about my concert next week. Yeah, well, that'll well, be fun, too both you got a busy busy entertaining weekend next week yeah. so enjoy man i uh fortunately ran into my brother who i'm going to the show with on uh, thursday and i said so what's the plan for tomorrow night and he said tomorrow night i'm i'm not doing anything why and i said well that the concert he said no it's next week and i went oh shit okay yeah i got my dates wrong <laughs> i've done that but uh that's cool so i got the rains uh beautiful the rains during a go home show so You'll be fine. Again, like the aces and eights, don't overthink it. Right. Don't worry, I got it. All right, man, we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bronx Father drops off the line, opens it up for somebody else. Who's it going to be next? Got about 15 minutes left of showtime, and 
A lot of phone calls to get to. You're next. Who's this? Hey, it's Ray. It's L Train. What's up, man? Hey, what's going on? Uh, first of all, I want to echo the sentiments that you put out there because I, I tweeted out the very same thing as soon as I caught up on the first match at Impact. I was so happy to see a wrestling show like one of the big two start off with a wrestling match to open up the show. I was very happy to see that happen. Yeah, I don't need to be told at this point while you're in the ring and while you're fighting and while you're pissed. You've been doing that for weeks, setting this shit up. Let's get in the ring and go. Yeah, definitely. And like you said, even with the with the two main uh, uh two of the main champions on there, Zima and uh Aries, that was a nice little change of pace. Plus we got to see Root out there who I thought was doing great as, you know, the the typical cowardly heel, you know, lurking in the corner, not making the tag, and nice showcase for Kenny King also. Yeah, and I like the fact that he wasn't necessarily mic'd up, but you could hear Rude saying at the end, you didn't pin me, you didn't pin me. Yeah, that's true also, actually, um, right, up, right up at the end, so it still adds to the whole thing, you know, still adds to the whole fluke uh, thing that uh, Rude's been carrying on about. Um, you, you brought up you brought up the uh, the uh, Claire Lynch, Daniels, Kazarian thing, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, I, I, I haven't been the uh, biggest fan of this of this whole angle, but you're bringing up the whole thing about Kazarian possibly kicking the baby into the stands. One funny thing that I saw was when they presented a little uh, um, baby dressed, decked out like AJ Styles. That was a funny thought that I had last week about maybe somehow um, Daniels has like a picture of the baby popping out of the womb and it's doing the AJ pose and all that. <laughs> well, I mean, I wouldn't put anything past him, but there was a lot of good things in that segment. Cause there is a very, very, I don't know if any of you ever met him or hung out with him or spent any time with him, but he is a very, very funny, quick witted guy. And one of the things he said that was not on the microphone, but you could pick it up if you were listening closely when he opened the box of diapers, and Daniels was talking. He said, you'll need these. Babies poop a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I just, little things like that make me laugh. And, you know, tonight, a lot of people were, you know, bitching about that segment. And I joked about where are the aces and eights when you need them, you know. But, <laughs> you know, to be honest with you, for what it is and where they're going and with what they did tonight, I had no problem with that. You know, they're furthering the storyline, gave her a chance to be the crazy bitch that she is, screaming at AJ, do the right thing, do the right thing. You know, and again, I'm still waiting for somebody in TNA with a brain to take those pictures and say, okay, AJ's here, you're there, who the hell's holding the camera? And nobody has addressed that yet. Did they have a three-way and the third person's anonymous? Because somebody else was holding that damn camera. Damn sure what day, Jay. He was passed out. You're definitely right. You're right on that. Don't know. So, we don't know that yet. They haven't brought that up. Um, Oh, that's good. And you know, like I said, you know, it's not my cup of tea, but at the same time, you know, at least they kept it short. Also, it had it had it made its points, and you know, for people who weren't really feeling it, you know, you didn't have to deal with it that long. It was there. It made its point, and it moved on. And you know, I, another thing about that whole deal, I'd be a lot less likely to give it a chance if AJ himself, in a very candid interview, the first week of that, didn't say, "Look." 
you know, this isn't going to be up every wrestling fan's alley, and I know that. But just bear with us. We we're going somewhere with this. There is a big payoff. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give AJ the benefit of the doubt. Now, had Dixie come out and tweeted, "Oh, please just stick with us. There's gonna be a huge payoff. It'll change the face of wrestling as you know it." No, I probably wouldn't believe it. But with AJ saying that in the manner in which he said it, I'm gonna give it a chance and and, and see what happens. Uh, one final thing before I, I uh, get out of here, and it, it's sort of like a, a high, it's sort of a hypothetical because right now he's mixed up in the storyline. But it's something that I've felt with the years that I've been watching TNA. Do you think there's ever a chance we're going to see uh, Christopher Daniels get a world title run? Oh, it would depend on whoever's holding the belt. I I don't. Mm, that's tough. I don't know. I mean, if Aries can do it, then there's no reason why Daniels can't. Hypothetically speaking, um, he's talented enough. He's good enough on the mic. Um, if it were my company and my last name was Carter, I'd have not one problem putting the belt on Christopher Daniels to thank him for his time there. Now, would it be a six-month run? No. Would it be a couple pay-per-views? Maybe. But I would at least work in a deal where, and to make it even sweeter, down the line, once the smoke settles and everything clears in this, you know, Claire Lynch thing, I'd put the belt on AJ and I'd let Daniels go after it and I'd let Daniels hold it for a couple months. But that's just me. Go ahead and out, head out, out of here. Good stuff with the uh, Zima interview. I know uh, Bronx is going to be riding high with that little uh, heel shout out from him. And uh, uh, I offer a uh, 21 pigeon salute for you, man, over the loss of Velvet and TNA. But hopefully she'll be popping up somewhere else. You know, I'm going to say it again. I hope she uh, had all her ducks in a row and she knew what she was doing when she said, I'm going to walk. Because, you know, unfortunately in her business that she's so talented in there are only two major companies and if you say no to one you better get a yes from the other so i think with what what i'm hearing and the fact that you know she's gonna take a little while to step out of the spotlight that you know from some people i've talked with that's kind of the mo of somebody that ends up going down to wwe developmental for a little while and I don't have any doubt that if they brought her in, that she'd spend a couple of weeks to a month down there before being on the main roster. The only problem with that is it ruins the surprise. And I'd like to see her in an old school way, just pop up on WWE programming one night with nobody knowing it, you know, do a run in on a knock, do a run in on a diva title match. And nobody know that she's there. Nobody know on the dirt sheets. Nobody know that she signed a deal. Just have her show up and do a run-in so that people can mark out, you know. It would be, be nice as soon as we start seeing uh, some Divas matches going on. It's been about two weeks, and heck, we got the knockouts tonight with uh, four of the good ones in there. I think the problem right now is the whole Ric Flair thing, the lawsuit between TNA and, and WWE and Ric Flair. Once all that's settled, I think that it'll be all right. Everything will be back to normal. We'll see when everything gets settled down, but uh, I'm going to go ahead and head out. Uh, I'll talk to you again, man.
All right, man. Thanks for the call. Good to hear from you. You know the routine. Somebody says goodbye, gives you a chance to say, hello, is it me you're looking for? I'll sing till you call in. I swear to God, won't bother me at all. We'll break out some Lionel Richie. We'll break out some, you know, 80s hits, some country, whatever you want. Whatever you, you know, whatever I'm in the mood for. But uh, in all seriousness, about seven, eight minutes left, might run over just a smidge if we got some phone calls coming in. And uh, don't continue to sing in the chat room. It's not healthy. Welcome to the show. Who's this? Hey, what's up, Trey? Terrence from Southeast, man. I was hoping you'd call in, brother. How are you? All right, man. I told you, man. You got me every week. You got me every week, man. Hey, man. Uh, yeah, I, I, I rewatched the uh, main event, and once I, I took away from it, man, you know, I see what they're trying to do. They're trying to put a lot of dissension amongst the guys, so everybody's looking at each other, right. and so that's that's going to buy them some time, maybe to you know, maybe stretch it till. Man, I'm gonna say mid September. I think that's probably the longest they can go, and then they try to do a uh, big match at Bound for Glory. So I think that's the direction they're gonna do. I think they're gonna give us some clues over the next couple of weeks. You saw uh, Briscoe this week. You probably see a couple other guys maybe floating in and out the next couple of weeks, and we'll probably get to the meat of it probably around mid September, so they can start uh, building it. You know, building a big you know four way or something for Bound for Glory and try to do the big reveal then because. They got to use this as their their payoff. Um, and Battle for Glory is the last show that's going to you know pay per view show that's going to be on the road. So they got to try to do something to sell those tickets down there. I heard the pre sale didn't go good last week, so uh, they they're going to try to stretch it out, man. Uh, you know, do a big reveal. But I wanted to ask you: Do you think that they don't have the guys they really want in the group yet? That's the reason why they're not really trying to show the guys yet because they're trying to maybe hook somebody up you know, fall out from somewhere that they can use or they haven't signed them yet? That's possible. Um, I know a lot of people are thinking that they don't have any idea where they're going with this yet, and I disagree. I think they fully know where they're wanting to go. I think it's just a matter of getting the right car to get there, you know, um, which is what you're alluding to. Um, right. I think guys like, uh, you know, Briscoe and, and Masters and, you know, some of those guys are, are going to be involved. Um, I, I I just think TNA might be thinking a little outside the box. And here's what I think by what I, what I mean by that. Everybody in the wrestling business, from the Dirt Sheet Riders to Dave Meltzer to myself to the listeners of Wrestling Radio, all know that the summertime is the worst time for wrestling. It's just absolutely horrible. Now, we're talking ratings-wise and viewership-wise. Now, with that being said, what do you do to kind of help that little engine that could chug along? You give us a story that has many, many cliffhangers like the Aces and Eights to keep you tuning in to find out more. Um, The problem is... I hope they don't run out of gas before they get to their payoff. And I hope they don't run out of gas before, if they are going to go to Bound for Glory. The one good thing that might save them is the way the hardcore justice is laid out. 
that it's all about the Bound for Glory series in a series of four-way matches. There's no titles on the line, per se. So there's not going to be a reason for Aces and Eights to get involved unless they're trying to help somebody win the Bound for Glory series that may be involved in Aces and Eights that we don't know about yet. Who knows? Um, But I think that the fact that we're all going to have our attention focused on these major matches in the Bound for Glory series and these four ways. I mean, you've got a ladder match, you've got a tables match, and you've got a third stipulation, and I don't remember what it was off the top of my head, but you've got matches that on pay-per-view with the people that are involved are going to keep your attention and keep it off of who are the aces and eights. That might be enough to buy them some time to get to Bound for Glory, I hope. Yeah, yeah. That, that's just, they, I think they got to, like I said before, that's the, their premier pay-per-view, and they got to have something on the table for it. And if you leave it up to there, you know, maybe Hogan comes back. Uh, you know, maybe they get somebody. Maybe they might sign Morrison or something. But, you know, they leave it up to Bound for Glory to a big reveal. I mean, hell, it may, it may even be Surge because you haven't even seen, seen Dixie Hudson. He hasn't even commented about declaring this thing. So, it could be him leading the Aces of Eight. I mean, you never know, but it gets you to wondering, you know, who who they got in this group and, and where it's leading to. And if the show was strong again. I just wish they had like an extra ten minutes. I mean, the show was live. It seemed like they would want to give us ten more minutes of the show. But you know, TNA is pacing the show good. They're they're giving us enough. And, and when you look at the shows now, man, and I think I said this like a week or two ago, that you don't see Hardy every week. You don't see RVD. You don't see Anderson. And last week, I think they averaged like 1.5 million. So, you know, if they can continue to, you know, climb with that number and keep that number, you know, by September, man, they, they should be at 1.8 million or maybe higher. But the shows have been consistent. People are talking about them on social media and everything. So they're hitting in the right direction. I just think they need that one hook. And I got one more thing, and I've been telling a lot of people about this, but I think Randy Orton is falling out of favor of being the WWE. I think it's quite possible we could see him in uh, TNA in 2013, man, because it just seems like he's not a major player there no more, and a lot of guys don't like him. I know Cena don't like him. I know he's had some run-ins with Triple H. Could you see that could be the straw that, you know, turn the tide and, and pop up down there in 2013? Well, I'm not going to say 2013, but what I will say is if I was Dixie Carter, I'd buy a bag of pot and have some of my WWE talent call radio and see if he wants to have a party. <laughs> Because if he gets one more violation, they're going to have to let his ass go, which means he's open market. I don't know what his contract is. I don't know when it runs out. But you got to think he's approaching Jeff Hardy-like levels of, you know, does the company A still believe in him anymore? B, can they put a title on this guy and then have him accidentally turn around and fuck up somewhere down the road? You never know. Um, could it be where he's so like, I took a job one time and knowing that you can be fired any day from a job makes you feel differently about the job. And I'll say it because I've been there. I, uh, I can remember, uh, JSK and I getting a house and I had to put my name on the line and I had to sign a bunch of paperwork that, had I lost my job and couldn't afford to pay what I had agreed to pay, I was going to be in some serious deep shit. 
So before I signed that paperwork, I took it with me to my boss. And I said, look, I'm about to sign this contract on this house. But before I do it, I need to know, do you have any aspirations of getting rid of me anytime soon? Because I can't afford to be jobless. And he said, yeah. nope, you're not going anywhere. So I said, cool. And I signed the paperwork. Randy Orton doesn't have that luxury because he's one strike away. Yeah. And he'll always and, be one strike away. Yeah. I, I, I just look at it because I just think that, you know, by them having Brock come in and they bringing all these other guys in, and it just seems like he's not in that key position that he once was. You know, sort of like when Anderson was getting that push, then he messed up and he got rid of him. It just seems like uh, Orton is right on that cuff. They're just, they're just going to say, you can go, you know, we got it. We think we can win without you. Because you look at Jericho, he's back, but he's not really a, a major, major guy because he got he's got other stuff going on. Right. So I just think that, you know, a lot of guys are going to start looking at TNA and they're they saying that it's better than what it is. And they're going to say, man, you know what, maybe I can give, give it a shot. And, you know, you think Viacom will probably kick some money in, you know, if, if a guy like that did drop off and, they were developable because, you know, Viacom, they, they put money in the Bellator. So, I, I, you know, if a major free agent came available, I mean, I could really see them, you know, taking that next step because they need TNA program. It's the highest rated show on their network. So, I don't know, if something like that come along, a Miz or Orton, I mean, you you got to go all in, man, because they're turning the corner, they're creating their stars. And, and you see each and every week that they're letting different guys run with the ball. And it's just, man, if they had another hour, if they had one more hour a week, man, I just wonder how much more they can grow. Well, if I was a TNA talent, and, and what I mean by that is a non-former WCW, WWE guy, during the last two years that Russo was there, I would equate that to feeling like you were in a straight jacket. Right. For the last... Eight months, I would say, if you're a TNA talent that was no long, that was never WCW or WWE, you got the jacket off and you're feeling pretty damn good about yourself. Right now. <laughs> if, if you weathered the storm, no yeah. pun intended, you're feeling pretty damn good about yourself right now. And yeah. I've I've said since oh before Christian came over, but about that time. My philosophy on TNA was, and Kevin Nash backed me up 100% years later, mm -hmm. was that, you know, right now, if you're young, dumb, and 24, and you're in the prime of your career, and WWE's giving you that paycheck, but you're just not on TV very much, you're not used very much, and you don't care as long as you got all those zeros on your paycheck, that's fine now. But when you get to be my age and you're down at the end of your career and you can see all, you can look up and see the tunnel and see all the shit you've accomplished and you can see all the shit you have yet to accomplish and you smarten up a lot and you get more wise to the business. You know, that one day a week on Thursdays where you have to be there live for TNA doesn't look so bad. Yep. I don't have to work four nights a week. Mm -hmm. You know, I still get paid to be on TV. Yep. I still get money off merchandise. I do a house show when I want to. Mm -hmm. Pretty enticing. Yep, yep. And, uh, and, and one more thing, man. Uh, 
Matt Morgan, man, he says out a lot of tweets, man, about going to the WWE and encrypted. But this was a guy, man, that, you know, couldn't carry a match if, if he had a playbook on his back. I mean, he was okay, but he never put on a great match. Kurt Angle had to carry him to some matches. So he's upset that he never got a TNA title, but I just never saw no improvement with Morgan. It was always the fallaway slam, it was the elbows, it was the boot. He never did anything beyond those three, three, four moves. So as far as him saying that he's going to get an opportunity once he goes to the WWE, I think it's ludicrous for him to think TNA misused him because he, he didn't have a, a, a large repertoire of moves or anything. So I, I'm glad he's gone. You know, he, you know, he was there for a long time. But as far as him thinking he's going to jump to the WWE and, and be this massive superstar, I, I think he's looking at food goal and he'll be back in two years, you know, begging Dixie for his job back. And it's a good possibility. And let me, let me, let me put Matt Morgan like this. There's the old saying, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, you know, shame on you. Or fool me twice, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. That's about Morgan. Because mm-hmm. they fooled him once and made him this stuttering idiot. Well, mm-hmm. that was shame on you. I took my shit and left. Now I'm coming back to the same company that made me a mm-hmm. stuttering idiot. If you do something with me like that again, then it's, you know, shame on me for being dumb enough yeah. to let you do it twice. Yeah, and just like you said with Velvet Sky, I mean, she may get a call up from there, but, you know, it may not last long, you know what I mean? Because they look down on TNA talent. I mean, if you look at the average person that came directly from TNA there, a lot of them don't get pushes, man. You know, they're back in TNA or they, they you know, reduce the NXT or whatever else, you know, third-tier superstar show that they got or they're on the Internet. So it's not a good run that you get up there. You may pop on TV, you know, real quick. You know, Gail Kim went up there with all the accolades from being the first knockout champion, and she got buried, you know, after a couple of months. So, you know, it's not a good track record for guys, you know, coming from TNA, unlike coming from ROH and coming from the independents getting the push. So, you know, if she thinks she's going to go up there and be hot stuff, you know, that, that, that cancer and stuff in the locker room will shoot her down quick, man. I wish her the best, but, you know, there's a good chance she's not going to debut as Velvet Sky on TNA programming. They'll give her some name like Emerald Jade or some bullshit, and she'll be a fucking glorified stripper. And you know, nobody, nobody there will know who she is, and she'll have to start all over again. Maybe the pigeons don't get over there like they got over in TNA. I think she, I I love her to death, Mm -hmm. and you know, short of shit in my bed, I wouldn't kick her out for nothing. But you know. I, I just got to think she made the wrong move here, and I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, because she's only going to get, what, like $70,000, $75,000 signing there. I mean, she's not going to get, like, a huge bump in pay. So, I mean, I, I just think she just, like I said, I think the cooling off her, you know, maybe she'll be back. But uh, the grass is not always green on the other side, man. I, I know that person. I hope it's not for love. That's all I can say. <laughs> all right, man, I'll let you go, man. I know you got other stuff to do, man. Talk all right, brother. Week. All right, all right we'll see you then. All right, that's going to do it, guys. That's it. We are done. Stick a fork in us. We ran a little over to take that last phone call because that's what we do around here. We don't cut people off in the middle of their phone call. We just let them go till they're done, and then we move right along. And so that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to move right along. I will see you guys next week for more TNA Chat Live. Uh, Actually, I won't see you next week. Brock's father, Tony Mirabella, will be in the host seat for TNA Chat Live. And uh, taking your phone calls and, and, and all that. When I get back, 
the week after, we may implement some emails into the show uh, to put in there between phone calls. I'd like to see you guys get more phone friendly. I know it's hard to do when you have a 20 to 30 minute interview to kick off the show, but sometimes that's just the way it is. I will say this. If you didn't get your phone call in and you want to talk about tonight's TNA show, all you got to do is post your questions on the Facebook page and put at TNA chat and, uh, I will gladly answer those as I lock up my computer and take it to work with me. I'll be online for a few more hours. So if you want to talk about tonight's show, post your questions for me on the Facebook page. I will get to them as I can. And with that being said, I will see you guys in a couple of weeks. Bronx, don't burn the house down. Keep it clean. You're allowed to have a party. But, you know, keep the house looking the way it was when you got it. That's pretty much all I can tell you. We'll see you guys next week. Hit the music, Brass Eye. Let's get the fuck out of here.